Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Merit Minnemeyer is about to come on and open up a whole new world in terms of taking personal power and being an epic, epic leader. Okay, so stay tuned for that. We're going to dive into that in just a sec. Before that, even before that, I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. Whatever I can do to support you in becoming your greatest possible self even more, let me know. Uh, I'm here for you. Also, taking the next steps. I really, I firmly believe in coaching. I believe in hiring coaches. I believe in going to seminars, investing in yourself to really create that massive transformation. So find the people who you resonate with, who you align with, whether it's myself, whether it's Merit who's about to come on or one of the other guests who come on the marathon. We have vetted these people so that they are being and becoming their greatest possible self. We get the stamp of approval. So whoever you want to grow with, find the person who you resonate with and then take those next steps. Take the leap, figure it out, have a conversation, be resourceful. And I just really want to encourage you for that because nothing changes until you take new action. Okay. So it's, it's time to become a whole new version of yourself and let's keep growing and going into our greatest possible selves. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. And this week, let's see who it's by. I believe I saw it by Jay McVean. Let's put that on the screen. Yes, Jay McVean says, Chris is a force of nature. I met Chris in person and knew he was a very special person person with a very clean and vibrant energy and a heart that fills the room. He's a joy to know and even more of a joy to learn from. I'm super grateful that he does what he does. Thank you so much, Jay McVean. I appreciate you. And if you want to give us a review, let us know. Go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on your favorite podcast platform or on, on Apple Podcasts, I should say. That's that's where we see the reviews. But if you want to leave us a review elsewhere, we're totally open to that too. Uh, always appreciate it. Just let us know what you love, what you want to see more of on the show and how we can make it even better for you. We love that feedback. Okay. I'm going to introduce Merritt in just a second here. Before that, though, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because this is going to be a powerful interview that could really change you, your personal power, your leadership, your ability to create uh, impact in social causes and things that you believe in, a mission greater than you. Uh, I know that's what we're all about here at Become Your Greatest Possible Self, really impacting the world. So if that conversation lights you up, definitely stay tuned all the way through to the end because one of these ideas has the power to change everything for you, okay? So again, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be gold. Let's introduce Merritt, and then we'll bring her on the screen. Merritt Minnemeyer, CPCELI-MP, is the founder and creator of Master of One Coaching. Born in Northern California to a family with a strong entrepreneurial lineage, Merritt began her career in New York City as a performer, producer, and director and quickly realized her passion for sharing inspiration with others by teaching art-based arts-based strategies to kids and adults. After years of working with underserved communities, her interests pivoted into social justice and leadership development, first with youth and then with adults from all walks of life. Since then, she has developed and implemented a wide array of coaching and leadership programming in venues ranging from private corporations to government agencies, school, schools and districts, law enforcement, higher education, and nonprofit organizations all over the country. She believes the greatest asset that anyone can bring to their work is a clear understanding of how they can employ their gifts and talents to serve others and how to enjoy their work. And we are blessed to have Merit with us here today. We're going to have an epic, power-packed interview that is full of value. Merit, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? I am ready. Let's Boom, shakalaka. I asked you that before <laughs> that. This is the second time. I just had to double confirm. We're, we're going to be bringing the heat. We are live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self, Merit. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to have an epic conversation for everyone who's tuning in, and we're going to dive right in, if that's all right with you. The, the theme today is choose yourself. Let's do Merit. it. Merit, so I, I want to hear, like, what does that mean for you? Um, choose yourself. What does that mean for you? 
Well, I think to answer that, I need to go back and tell you a little bit about my story. Yeah. Uh, so people may have seen um, uh, the uh, on the ad for the podcast today, my tagline is choose well, choose wisely, choose love. And that comes from um, my personal story. So I did start out as a performer, as you mentioned, uh, from a very young age in the theater and dance and music and love the process of collaborating, love the process of inspiring and sharing um, passion and, and really getting into that fun, productive energy, that positive energy with people, with audiences and with my coworkers and colleagues. Um, and I got, went to college for that. And I came out of college and I was like, you know, I love this process. and I love the work, but I do not love the industry. It just wasn't an industry that I felt like it was right for me. Yeah. So I tried to figure out all the different things that I wanted to do. And as you said, I went into arts education and then social justice and all these nonprofit kind of venues. Um, and I also got married at a age. I was just 23 years old. And um, my husband and I um, spent a few years... Uh, working on building our family and um, eventually adopted our first child, Elijah, mm -hmm. who is going to be 15 next week, who's kind of my mom. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. I know. Thank you. Um, and so we, as we built our family, um, we started getting into the grind a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we need to do to make ends meet? What do we need to do to pay the care of our child? And then that child became three children as we got into a foster care situation with my twins. Mm -hmm. um, and right about the time that we were turning the corner from foster to preparing to adopt the twins, uh, Peter, my husband, suddenly was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. That he died. Um, I, he had lost the ability to write and to speak, and he was a teacher and performer and a musician, and he lost the all ability to communicate, essentially, and, and pretty much to walk and everything else. And the night that he died, I came across the six words that he left for me in writing, which was pretty significant considering he couldn't really do that. And I'm sitting on the linoleum floor in my sister-in-law's kitchen at two in the morning, and I just got off the phone with the unit people for the donor, uh, organ donor. Um, and this email comes across my screen that he, with his words, choose well, choose wisely, choose love. And I was like, well, great. What do I do with that, <laughs> right? My life has just blown up. I've just lost the love of my life. Mm -hmm. I have three kids with special needs. Like how on earth do I make that work, right? So, so I began the process of rebuilding and quickly found myself again, trying to make ends meet um, and rebuilding my life. I mean, I was blessed to have some resources, uh, but it, it's really tough being a single mom and having three kids with special needs. and um, I was really in mourning my husband and it was, it was really quite, and so what I do, I went back and I relied on what I knew, which is go back to nonprofits, go back to the theater, go back to the arts. Mm -hmm. And oddly found myself beating my head against the wall because I was doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Mm. So, um, so I, uh, found myself in a theater and then again in an arts organization a little bit later mm -hmm. and some opportunities arose from there that there was a, uh, it was proposed that I might take on a leadership position in that field. And for about 15 minutes, I was like, yes, I'm finally going to make it. And then I was like, no, this is not choosing well, choosing wisely, choosing love for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I knew that it wasn't the right thing. But and it's I it's thought, so interesting how, how you had that like, hey, this this could be it. Like, let's go for it. And then like you get there and you're like, wait a second, something's yeah. not quite right. This is not, you know, living that message, right? The choose well, choose, choose wisely, like choose love. That that's like so powerful to really live that. And you you got some clear contrast that that wasn't the life that you were living yet. Yeah. Huge contrast, which came in the form of like major stress and wow. And um, I was exhausted. And so it was clear to me, like something isn't working. And yet mm -hmm. I was doing all the things I was supposed to do, right? Um, so yeah, so that contrast was really clear to me. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea what to do because mm -hmm. I was supposed to be on this career track. Um, so what I did was I, I, I went back to my kind of source of my original inspiration. And I thought, what is it that I really love to do? Mm -hmm. And I love to collaborate. I love to be creative with people. I love 
you know, either whether it's teaching or um, performing, that moment when you can see some somebody light up, right? And that's my favorite thing. It's like, oh, they get it. Oh, that's so magic. cool, yes. right? It is absolutely magic. And so I was like, well, what on earth is that thing? Like I have, what is that, right? Yeah. Uh, turns out it's coaching. <laughs> mm. That I had never heard of coaching. That's how out of it, like I was so not plugged into this world at all. Okay. Um, I also that I was a bit of a professional development geek. And I was like, well, that's just weird. Like, I'm just, I'm just weird, right? Nobody likes that. It's for me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, so I did some digging and I found IPEC, which is the, yeah. where I did my training and mm -hmm. um, fell absolutely in love. And here I am. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's, there's so much gold in there. Uh, I, I want to unpack all of that. You're, you're doing coaching today. You're working with leaders. Can you tell us a little bit more just in a kind of uh, broad brushstrokes, how you're serving leaders and, and consulting and coaching and especially people with the, the social causes. I know that was a big part of our pre-interview um, call. And then I also want to go back into the journey and talk about where that came from, the social causes and why that's important. But just so everyone can get to know a little bit more about you as a professional today, I just want to get them up to speed on that yeah great so absolutely so my uh what i'm doing right now as an executive coach and leadership trainer okay. is working with people who are their aspiring leaders who or who are already uh leaders either in their own businesses or who are an executive leadership team who are really looking to optimize their impact as a leader and you know that it's interesting because lately i hear people kind of bristle at those words they're like oh i like how is this um this is funny. I was at facilitating this board meeting for a nonprofit last week and I used the word accountability and they went, ah! So, because I think they have connotations around the corporate world and, um, you know, maybe having a little bit of a, a lack of soul, right? Yeah. Uh, but truly, accountability to me means, means to me just just getting things done, following performance, through, right? performance. Let's performance. go. It's it's and, it's empowering and, and having integrity. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's integrity. It's yeah. doing what you say you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you mentioned the social enterprise piece yeah. or social entrepreneurship. Uh, that's really my passion. So I really see as I as I do more reading and I do more research, I really see that the path forward for us as a culture yes. is is the social enterprise piece. It's really marrying capitalism and making money with doing the right thing, doing right by each other, doing right by the world. Uh, people don't want to give up their money. Mm. They do not. And. Um, and, you know, you can argue all day long about why that is and what money means and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, right now, anyway, people are not willing to give that up. They also, generally speaking, people have a, a desire, a need, a calling to, to help in some way, mm -hmm. to serve in some way. And they see those things as mutually exclusive. Um, and I think as a society, we've sort of set it up that way, right? There's work and then there's charity. And... Um, the people who are really successful in the social enterprise um, industry are learning how to marry those two things together. Mm. You're looking at companies like Tom's uh, Shoes mm -hmm. or um, Warby Parker has a great uh, policy. I mean, there's, there's lots of different examples, but those yeah. are kind of two high profile ones. Um, buy one, give one models, essentially, yeah. right? A great great uh, examples of those. So so that's really where my passion is because I have a background in nonprofits and because I really do the, ultimately um, I want to serve. And I also, I don't want to be a nonprofit organization myself. Mm. I, I want to be able to raise my family and, and, and have great experiences and, and that takes money. Takes you know, money. I, I love where we're at right now, Mary. This is so, so good. Uh, a big challenge of mine has really been seeing the work that I do, how valuable it is. And I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs with a mission, with a cause, with doing good and doing well, they get the, the ability to receive money and receive abundance and receive prosperity for the work that they do that they do as, as incongruent. And I, I firmly believe that entrepreneurship and business today 
Like these, these vehicles are here for us to evolve, for us to, to really make the most impact, for us to learn how to be resourceful, how to, how to use what we've got on this planet and, and you know, the, the nature, be in harmony with the nature of being a human being. Like, what does that mean? Like, how do we, how do we really love our brothers and our sisters, so to speak, our, our community in the entire planet, humanity, right? I, I think there's so many divides uh, it, amongst us that we can come back to this place of saying, how do I create results in people's lives, add value, and get paid to, to do what I love? And I think we're at this such a beautiful time in history where those right. two are coming together yeah. so powerfully. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's critical, I think, yeah. that um, to understand that, at least now in this moment in time, that money is, you know, we've it's come to kind of be either like super dirty word in mm -hmm. some places or otherwise it's the or it's the be all end all. Mm -hmm. um, and that middle ground is is really tough because it's almost like we're not we're either like striving so hard to get a whole bunch of money or we're not allowed to really feel good about making a little more. Yeah. And that's that's a real um, conflict within us, right? To to like, what does that mean to be a good person and also make money? And I think that very few people really have a handle on that for themselves. There's there's some sort of shame involved somewhere on that spectrum for most people. Yeah, I I totally agree, Merritt. Let's go back into your journey. I want to talk about um, really this where this desire was cultivated to to you know champion social causes. You mentioned nonprofits; that was a part of your journey. Um, and and you know the philosophy behind nonprofit is it's almost like you know we're here to do good, but we can't make too much money because that's not what we're here for. Um, so I want to I want to go back to where where that foundation began for you, and then also along the journey you evolved and said. Hey, we can do good and make money. But before we get there, I want to go back into the nonprofit. That that was, I feel like that's the seed of your desire to do good. Where did that really come from for you? You know, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Actually, I think that it came from. I mean, if I'm perfectly fair, and and I go way back to my schooling. I went to an Episcopal day school mm -hmm. as a as a little kid, and then I went to um, an independent Catholic high school. Mm -hmm. And their motto is, in fact, do well, do good, or do good, mm -hmm. do well, do one of those two. Wow. <laughs> and, and so we really were taught, I was taught with my classmates at a very early age, like, this is part of your life, it's part of your calling, it's part of what we're here for. Um, and so that was just a natural mm -hmm. uh, extension of my education, and thank goodness for that. So yeah. it, it wasn't really anything outside That, you know, in some ways, I when I when I decided to follow what I thought was my passion and go to New York and and become an actor, um, it was almost as if that was the service that I, the way I could serve the world was mm. by bringing inspiration through performing. Mm. Um, and I quickly found that that was not that that sort. Of, and I'm not saying I'm an angel at all. What I'm just saying that like that was the way. <laughs> yes, like, you well, are. That made sense Own it. Me. Own it, Mary. No, no, Own no, no, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. No, no. What I mean is that, like, I didn't know what else to do. And I thought, yeah. well, I can do this. So I'm going to go do this. Yeah. Because that's what I, I mean, that's what I figured I could do. I mean, most people are like, oh, well, I have to act because it's the only thing I love. The opposite. I was kind of like, well, I have to act because it's the only thing I know how to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's the only right. skill I have. Um, yeah. So, but when it became so real to me that the industry and I'm not saying that all parts of the industry are terrible at all, but I had some experiences personally that really, um, I'll say, left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> they really just colored it for me. Um, and I actually had a colleague at the time when I was a young adult say to me, you know, you're just not willing to suffer for your art. And I was like, you're right. I'm not willing to suffer for my art. Um uh, I don't want to suffer at all if I don't have to, you know? Yeah. And so, I think there's a, uh, there's a distinction that... between working hard and effort towards something and right. being, let's say, like abused or shamed or like having to endure, like being put down to be able to finally be worthy of a position or a role because you're in the good graces of whoever. Uh, there's a complete right. difference in that. And I think in, in those kind of roles of, of acting and, you know, music and just things like that, it's, it's really competitive. So a lot mm -hmm. of people can tend to abuse that, that power, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and, and um, I mean, just like any industry, it's going to have a dark side. I'm not saying that, that the, the theater or, you know, entertainment industry is any different than any, any other industry in that way. Right. It just happened to be that my passion for it did not outweigh my um, resilience yeah. for, for that particular practice. Yeah. Um, and, but you're absolutely right. There's a difference between, I mean, I work hard, really hard now. Um, and yet it's that old adage of like, you know, if you do something you love, you won't work a day in your life. Like, that's how I feel now. Like I love all of my work, even like the little silly minutia of like scheduling. And I mean, it's all, it all feels good because I know it's right, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's great. It's you, you, you're so connected with your greater purpose and yeah. vision and your gifts in executing on that. Like you feel the, the alignment of that, then it, it's, it's so much fun for you, you know? And, and of course you've, exactly. you've also at this point seen such a track record of the results that you produced in companies and organizations and people's lives mm -hmm. that you're like, I know my stuff like that. There's, there's yeah. a certain confidence that I feel a lot of uh, beginning entrepreneurs are lacking because they just don't have the track or the record. They don't have the life experience and that can be difficult. Uh, but we, we got to get it somehow, right? We got Gotta, we got to take our licks. We got to earn our way somehow. Uh, so I think that that's really important. And I want to go to your nonprofit experience. Like what, what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned there? Because that was a, a big part of your life as well. Well, let's see. I mean, I think that um, what really turned me on to actively engaging in work that was service oriented mm -hmm. was that initial, um, that initial discovery that in, that when I was first acting and then turned into arts education, mm -hmm. seeing how just a small opportunity can turn into a major life change. Um, bringing, you know, in that regard, I was actually taken under the wing of my mentor at the time, Paul Fontana, who, shout out to Paul, um, who really inspired me and said, hey, you know, I know you're not digging the whole performing thing right now. Have you ever thought of teaching? And I was like, well, kind of. And man, it just really, it really lit me up to see how, you know, just put one, what seemed to me small opportunity in front of somebody who didn't have that opportunity before and watch them fly. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden their whole world opens up. Um, and it was just magical to me. And so, um, so that really, it's, it, it was kind of fiction. It was like, oh, I want more of that. Yeah. And, um, and so I started seeking that out, you know, getting, wanting to move away from being an actor because I wanted to find out what other kind of chops I had. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got into more like the facilitation around leadership development and I worked in anti-oppression work and for a while and um, looked at anti-bullying and kind of um, looking at, at uh, bias and systems and the bias and systems and things like this um it really opened my mind up so much i mean i was you know a fairly mature adult i was almost 30 when i started to realize just how intense and to what lengths or to what depths bias can go um and having been a person of you know i'm white and i'm I have a certain privilege my you know most of my life um that i just i wasn't aware of or I wasn't aware of the depth of the of the wounds I just just didn't have the understanding and once I finally got that understanding a bit or started to witness and hear it over and over from these people I was working with kids especially um and also I think even more than hearing their pain was hearing their hope <laughs> you know people who weren't willing to give up who were like you know what this has been my life and yet I still see paths forward. I still have hope for my future. I still have passion and drive for my success. And I was like, well, then what the heck am I complaining about? Because I have it easy, you know, in comparison to a lot of these kids. So um, it, was, it was a no brainer for me to be like, well, gosh, if I can help, I'm going to help. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is this is so awesome. I think I, I get a lot of what you're ex uh, ex sharing about in interviewing guests on this marathon because, like, I hear their backgrounds, their stories, what they've overcome, and they're sharing it from a place of of victory. Of like, hey, this doesn't define me. I'm not going to let it define me. Right. And uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote like one of the most motivating things for me is knowing that there's someone on the other side of the world working like five times as hard as me just to keep a yeah, roof over their bet. head, just to keep their family fed. Like they are doing whatever it takes, moving heaven and earth. So who am I to say like, oh, I'm just comfortable. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to relax. I'm going to take a day off. You know, that's, that stuff's going to happen. Like I, I give myself the grace and the space to have self care and, you know, be selfish in that interest. And 
when I'm working, like I am going to mm-hmm. dig deep into that motivation because I know that someone out there is is showing up and they have way worse circumstances than me. So who am I to complain? So I really, really align with what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really important point that you just brought up too. It's like, I mean, and, and they're, whether they're across the world or across the street, right? right. I mean, you never know what somebody's going through. Um, and also it's really important to allow, you know, oneself a break too, yeah. because um, it's all relative, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody's struggle is relative. And so what seems like a big deal to me may not be a big deal to somebody else and vice versa. Right. Um, and I've certainly had my struggles too. And I'm not saying that I haven't. And in fact, a lot of that is what has defined me, as I mentioned earlier, um, and brought me to this place. But it also gives me the perspective of if I'm going to have the opportunities to help people, to serve people, and also to the best of my ability using my gifts to do that, then, um, and I don't even want to come at it from a place of obligation because mm. I feel it this way, but I, I, it's really more of a passion. It's just, yeah. you know, gosh, I get to do this. Like how cool it is. I get to get up every morning and I get to help people. And I get, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah. And, and what I, what I hear there is like obligation might connote or uh, lead, lead to hint to that. It's like con- contracting and feeling like heavy and a burden right. versus like I get to, I'm blessed to, I, I'm so grateful. Like what a, what a different spin that is. And I think, you know, tell me if I'm, I'm wrong, but I think in organizations and things like that, there might, people might feel like a lot of these things are ob- obligations and heavy. And if we can just shift their yeah. mindsets on how they're viewing their work and what they, what they get to do, that that would tra- transform the whole culture uh, in the organization. And that's absolutely true. And I think that, um, you know, from my experience, it mostly comes down to uh, personal investment, meaning and uh, and feeling like you have a purpose, yeah. feeling like, you know, if, if I'm coming to work and I'm feeling like I'm not valued, if I'm not purposeful in some way, and it doesn't mean like oh, I'm expressing my higher calling and everything that I'm doing. And, you know, that's fantastic if people can do that. And I get to do that. And you said that you get to do that. Yeah. Um, not everybody needs to do that every day of their life. But if you're feeling like you're walking into work and you're just not valued, you know, it wears on you and people leave and people get burned out and they get stressed out and they start to, you know, have this sort of mini existential crises that build and build and build. And that leads to depression and anxiety and sickness. And, you know, that's and it, it's, it's a bit of a spiral that people go through. So when I'm talking to leaders and, you know, and they are also in that place sometimes, too. Right. They're like, oh, what am I doing here? It's just a mess and I can't get it to write. And, you know, it's. But that moment when the light bulb turns on is, oh, I get it now. I can, I have this gift and this Mm -hmm. gift is useful. And if I can use this gift or these sets of gifts to help the people who I'm leading, boy, that's when the spark starts to, to ignite all around the system or the company or the group or whatever, you know? Um, And it really sounds so simple but it can be very difficult for people to pinpoint what that is. And so that's where, that's where coaching comes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So you're coaching, you would go into organizations, you would work with executives, whether they're, you know, seasoned executives or at the beginning of their journey and your, your processes, your facilitation, your coaching would help them elicit whatever that is, whatever their gifts are and how to own in on that and focus on that. Is that correct? That's correct. You know, and it depends on where they are. Like if they have a proverbial mess to clean up or if they're really at the beginning of something or somewhere in the middle of those two things. Um, Because if someone's just building, they're really looking ahead and they're saying, okay, I want to make sure that I have integrity in all the decisions I make from this point forward. How Mm -hmm. do I do that? Then we look at, yes, what are my gifts? What do I want to try to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Essentially giving a mission statement, even, you know, nonprofits. So this is where nonprofits really come in handy because a nonprofits always have a mission statement, right? Mm-hmm. They have to in order to get their 51c3 status. For-profits sometimes will, depending on the culture. But even, you know, even if the, the for-profit has a mission statement, it may not really be ringing true for some reason. Mm. So, you know, we kind of look at that. We look at what is ex- exactly the organization is trying to accomplish both internally and externally, how are you trying to serve the people who work here and the people who are your tr- product or service? So that's, and then once that's, you align that, people get fired up about it again. They get excited about it, you know, or they don't, and they leave, and then you have you're less of the people who really want to be there, which is okay right, too. Right, right. 
Exactly. So I, I hear that there's a uh, internal culture to to maintain, to pay attention to, as well as an external mm-hmm. culture, like what what we deliver to customers, clients, etc. Can you tell us about like the two two differences of those and how to effectively manage them? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I'm going to back up a little bit because you asked how like sort of nonprofits got me here. Yeah. And when I started looking at why, what I really wanted to do and why I got to this social enterprise, social entrepreneurship piece, I started noticing how I was spending my money, mm. right? And I started being very mindful of the fact that like when I was choosing how to spend my money on food, uh, clothing, cosmetics, other products and services, and I can't say that I'm 100% perfect with this. I don't think anybody is, or maybe if you are, I'm, I bow down to you because it's very <laughs> difficult to do. Um, you you, you probably you probably live in a, in a village in somewhere that like you just do business I with do. the the banana farmer across the street or something. <laughs> that, yeah, right. Well, I and I sort of do live in a village like that. So um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm and again I, I recognize here that there is a certain amount of privilege that that is comes with this. So part of the social enterprise um, movement is to gain is to provide more and more access to people. Yeah. So there, there doesn't have to be a privilege aspect to it, right? Um, at any rate, I did start noticing how I was spending my money and the decisions I was making. And that really tuned me into these companies who are doing these kinds of things that are aligning with my values, right? So as I became more interested in the products and services I was purchasing and seeking out, I started becoming more interested in their practices internally. You know, they say they don't, um, they use certain materials, but where are those materials from? Who are the people producing those materials? Well, if, you know, if I don't, and again, there is, I'm not a hundred percent perfect with this. So please, no one like to go through my closet and say, this, this wasn't from this company or whatever. So I get, you know, it's a process. Um, But more and more, you know, as, as a culture, we're looking at that. What is sourced ethically? Where are things coming from? Um, What food, what am I putting in my body? What kind of chemicals am I putting in my body? Um, you know, is it organic or not? What does organic mean, right? Mm. Who's producing the organic food? Why are they doing it that way? Um, how come they're not doing it wh- that way? It's really expensive or can be, right, to produce organic food yep. um, on a certain scale. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of cost-benefit analysis that has to go into this as a business model. It's not, it's not simple, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're retrofitting, right? Yep. Um, so. It's a, it's an evolving, it started, you know, maybe in the seventies initially, much through nonprofit work. Um, and then as it developed more like less about 20 years ago, it started becoming more of a not for profit model. Um, it, it's, it really takes a lot of new kinds of thinking that we weren't programmed to, yeah. even when I was in school, we weren't programmed to look at things this way. So it's not easy. And so when we're looking at in-house culture versus the culture that, you know, you're, you're expressing through your product or service. Mm-hmm. Um, if those things aren't lined, it's not going to, it's not going to be successful long-term because mm-hmm. you're going to lose people internally and that you're either going to have um, turnover or you're going to have morale problems or you're, things are going to break down right mm-hmm. in some place. And you're going to be constantly putting out them producing that product or service or whatever else that you're, you're putting out into the world at a high optimum rate. Mm. Um, and, you know, essentially it comes down to energy and it comes down to the energy that the people are involved are putting in to the work. That energy in some way or another flows out into the, into the market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the story behind a product, if it's coming from, I'll give you a great example. There's actually a nonprofit in my area called Unshattered. And it's started by a woman named Kelly. And she employs women, only women who are in recovery. And they make handbags, really lovely, um, I would say, designer handbags that are from recycled materials. Story of each bag is unique because every bag is unique. Mm-hmm. Each bag involves the story of the woman who is in recovery. So it's got it's got this backstory this that's incredibly touching and beautiful. And also this product that is incredibly beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so when I take my bag off the shelf and I wear that, I'm like, this feels awesome, right? Mm. 
it's not just a great product, but man, the story of this product is really meaningful to me. Mm. You know, yeah, that's the kind of thing that people are more and more looking for because they don't want to just buy willy nilly anymore. Right. At least, at least, at least, plastic in the ocean, all these things. But right. as as people are, I mean, of course there are, and of course there's lots of problems to solve, and I'm not I'm not blind to that, but um. But there is a, a shift that's starting to happen uh, as a culture. We're starting to look for more meaning, more purpose, the root of, of the materials, the root of the people that are putting the energy into what we're using every day. Yeah. And Merritt, what I'm hearing is is really caring about like the, the process from start to finish, from where the, the these materials are coming from to how our employees or team or organization is operating uh, on these things and being able to take a raw raw materials or raw input and produce a valuable output, how it's delivered, how the customer receives it, how they experience it. I hear caring is important. I hear asking what are the values that are important to us that we execute on in all stages of our uh, you know, delivery process in all stages of the business. I, I hear that's important. And also one thing I wanted to highlight is with the Unshattered organization, uh, whoever is leading that, whoever came up with the idea to bring together women in recovery and use you know, uh, ethically sourced, sustainably sourced materials to create those bags, I have a feeling that that woman or man or whoever was the idea generator, the leader, the uh, CEO or whoever's the founder, they weren't necessarily yep. always always so committed to that kind of process. They, they may have had their own journey of discovering why it's important to them, right. but steps along the journey had them ask, what's important to me? And I think that's where we can really invite right. our audience who's out there right yeah. now, who might be running great companies, who might have things that are already going. How do I take the next step towards this? And I think just asking ourselves, how do I, how do I care more about the environment, care more about the community that we're serving, care more and go the extra mile in, in that energy delivery within our organization so that we can have yes. an even more effective, aligned, valuable energy output with our organization too. That's right. You're exactly right. And shout out to Kelly, who started the, who's the founder of Unshattered. She's an amazing person. Um, and I'm going to get to meet more with them in a couple of uh, months, which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, she's an engineer by, by background and right. Had her own journey as well, of course. Yeah. Um, and you know, when we, we're thinking about all the output, like you just kind of said about that, you know, how, how do I rework this and how do I, how do I put all this energy? And it sounds like a lot of work to people like, Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I have to do all this work. Here's the thing, though. People experience burnout when they're not aligned with their higher purpose, yeah. right? They really do. Um, whether they're aware of it or not, it comes down to if I'm bumping up against my values, my integrity in my work every day, somehow mm -hmm. I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to get bitter. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to burn out. I'm either going to leave that organization or I'm going to, you know, get really disgruntled and cause trouble or um, or have other people cause trouble for me and not know how to fix it. Um, so, yes, it is an, a, a great amount of work to really get down to the core of that. However, would you rather be spending your time feeling exhausted, angry, bitter, burned out? Or would you rather spend your time and your energy working towards something that you're really passionate about that is in line with your integrity, right? Uh, it's basically, it's a choice. And it's not always an easy choice because these are patterns that are ingrained, you know, from the time we're kids, we, get, we learn these patterns, right? We learn behaviors that become habits. And, and so there, it, sometimes it takes a while to get to, down to the essence of that. Hmm. Um, and that really is where the heart of the work is because once you uncover that, it's a lot of work, but it doesn't feel like work anymore. And then that sounds so cliche, but the energy comes from the work rather than you having to give energy into the work and losing the energy. You actually get energy from the work when it's yeah. meaningful to you. Yeah. Well, Merida, I think what I'm also hearing is maybe in the initial stages of, man, I've had so much momentum going this certain way where I didn't care about the environment or didn't really have that level of attention to, to detail uh, mm -hmm. and, and what's the impact that we're having on our organization, outside of our organization, in our community. 
when we invest the energy up front to care about that stuff, it'll, it'll pay back dividends long, long, long after we put that initial investment of energy in. And so I think it's, it's once we start feeling momentum of, man, we are doing good. We are seeing huge changes or impacts, or even if it's small in the beginning, we're seeing impact and changes in our workplace, in our community. That's the stuff that we really get to um, celebrate on and focus on to create big transformations. Is that what you found? Oh, for sure. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting. The Dalai Lama talks about our culture is like how it's, it's sort of befuddling to him. And he says, he says, um, you know, you work all your life and then you spend the time that you're supposed to be resting and having fun is ill in sickness, right? You're ill because you work so hard and you've, you've kind of run yourself down. Well, what would it be like if you didn't have to do that? What if you'd like if you got to a certain age where you could step back and go, wow, what's next? Yes. Right. I am 60 years old. 65 years old and I'm supposed to be you know, old enough to retire, but I still have so much passion because I've been right. doing this work that I love. I don't want to retire or right. I want to maybe do something related or I can do something else. Also in love of my passions, it passes on to somebody else knowing that I have done right by the people who work with me, done right by my clients and my customers. Hmm. Um, there really isn't any, any better than that. There really isn't anything better than knowing that you've lived in alignment with who you truly are. Um, and again, I'm not going to say that it's easy. And it sounds like, you know, I don't, <laughs> people are like, you're so Pollyanna. Like, yeah, but if I hadn't, I wouldn't have believed it either. Um, it's absolutely, it, and it, it is simple, but it's not easy. I'll say yeah. that. It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Wow. I'm curious, what do you see as the biggest uh, qualities, and, and we may have already talked about it, but what are the biggest qualities to being an effective leader going into these, these next uh, decades, these next couple decades? I'm sure, uh, you know, making an impact on our environment that takes a certain character, certain qualities, what have you seen is important coming forward? Oh, that's a great question. It's not, that's not a, that's a kind of a complex question because there's so many different um, ways to approach this, right? There's no one magic fix for all time. Um, and I think that's actually really a critical point because it sometimes feels like there's no way out of this mess that we've got ourselves into, right? Um, so I think one really important quality is to understand, like to, to take it on to small manageable pieces, right? Mm. Um, it's one step at a time. It's not all of a sudden you're going to swipe everything clean and it's going to be magically fixed. Mm. It's one step at a time. It's one day at a time, again and again and again. There's a, a principle that says that, you know, success is not doing a whole a hundred things or a thousand things once or twice mm. and not very well. A success is really doing five or six things really well over and over and over again. So to be able to think where you know you can really affect positive change as a leader and stick to it. Keep at it. And know your blind spots. Or if you don't know your blind spots, find them out. Ask the people who work for you. Yeah. Ask people who work above you. Ask your clients and your customers. Constantly seeking feedback. Um, because, you know, once we... Expertise is one thing, mm. but arrogance is something else, right? Mm. So always getting that feedback. Always understanding how can I do better? How can I strive to improve? How can I... Um, solve this problem more and more effectively. Um, we're changing so fast. Technology is changing so fast. People are changing so quickly. Hmm. Um, you know, to really understand how to be able to move, um, to be open to that, to understand that, you know, no one has all the right answers. Mm -hmm. The leader is really the one who has the courage to be out as out in the arena. Right. Um, she uses that quote about being out in the arena. Hmm. And, uh, and it's, it doesn't take any special sauce to be a leader. It just takes a, a bit of courage and some stick-to-itiveness, maybe some stubbornness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a real, um, a real commitment to be honest about who you are, right, and, and, uh, and what it is you're trying to do so that you're not getting caught up in the, um, I've, I've got the answer, right? Mm. It's, it's going to all evolve and change and to be open to that and, and to learn to enjoy the evolution of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, Merritt. Uh, I was I've been reading. Um, I was reading John Maxwell's. Uh, I think it's like 360 degree leader, and it's like yeah. leading up, leading across, leading down. It's like how do I how do I contribute to everyone yeah. around right. me, and not not just focus on 
who are my direct reports or subordinates or team who I'm leading, but how do I be a leader to everyone around me and help everyone get what they want, serve everyone who comes across my path? And I think that's a really, really great way to to look at life and, and really make the biggest difference and make society, make our communities, make the world a better place. Yeah, so in the, the framework that I come from, from IPEC is... Um is that leadership is about really the influence that one person has over another. Mm. It, it, it could be between two people. It doesn't have to be between, you know, so, well, you're a president or CEO of a huge corporation that makes you a leader or a politician or whatever else it is. Um, it could be just you and I sitting here and talking about stuff. And what is the influence that I can have over you and that I can allow you to have over me? What do we learn from this exchange? Um, and are we doing that with purpose? Are we doing it with intentionality or are we just kind of showing up as a hot mess and, you know, because <laughs> right? either way you're leading in some way, yeah. whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. 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 It's like being clear on outcomes, being, being like intentional with every interaction, with every opportunity to, to, you know, mm -hmm. in, interact with clients, with team, with staff, whatever, like we're intentional and we're, we're operating with that. I think, I think people in general have a intentionality to do that but they might not execute on it effectively. Um, what, do you, what do you feel is really right. important to, to execute on that effectively? Well, it's to get a hold of your stress, right? Mm. So because people, I think that the one thing that um, is overwhelmed, people get overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed with their roles, whether it's in their family, they have family, they have work, they have all these responsibilities and mortgages, cars, you know, taking care of their kids at school, being the room parent, being having the dog, like, you know, having parents that are ill, right? Yeah. A lot of us are in that sandwich position uh, where we're taking care of our parents and our children. Mm -hmm. um, it's wholly overwhelming <laughs> to be a functioning adult, mm -hmm. um, even if you don't have kids and, and other, you know, it's, it's still, we're constantly being um, influenced by by media and by or our peers or whatever it is, you know, except for those of us who are living, you know, in, in a place, maybe if you have your own private island or if you're living in a rural area where you don't have a lot of interaction with people, even so, we all have our own um, responsibilities, right? Hmm. And depending on our sphere of influence and our perspective, even the smallest responsibility can feel overwhelming in, in the certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. So intentionality, the antidote to overwhelm is intentionality, essentially, mm -hmm. um, and managing it in a way that's like, all right, is this in line with what I really want to do? Mm -hmm. And understanding that, and people will argue with me about this all day long, right? And this is not going to be new to you, I'm sure. But the idea that every choice we make is, in fact, a choice. Every mm -hmm. action we take or inaction we take, right, actually don't take, is a choice. Do I, people get pushed back on me about that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? I have so many things I have to do. Okay. Well, sir, it feels that way. Definitely. Um, yes. Do we have to take care of our children? We certainly feel like we do. Some people have made the choice not to do that. Do we agree with that? I don't agree with that. But they have made that choice, right? Integrity to take care of my children. That's mm -hmm. in my integrity. Um, I would not be in line with my purpose. Mm -hmm. I might differ from somebody else in that in that choice. And I'm and I know this is a hot button, so I'm going to be careful about this. But I just. My point is that everything is a choice. And so once we can understand the choices that we make are in line with our integrity, that's intentionality. Mm. How right? can how can people practice that that daily reminder of making choices and, and feeling good about it, feeling empowered by it rather than, man, I don't know how I'm supposed to choose this because I got so much that's on my plate. Like I'm just over, overwhelmed, like you said. Yeah, so great question. So it's definitely... Um, Overwhelm is a really tough place to work from because mm -hmm. it tends to want, we want to avoid things and overwhelm to, it's exhausting, right? Yeah. It's that burnout place. Um, so anything else new tends to really be even more overwhelming. Yeah. Um, essentially, the first step is figuring out what, what a person's values are. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to engage in a coaching agreement with somebody, mm -hmm. we're going to look at values first. We're going to look at what is the most meaningful thing to the person sitting across from me. So if someone's sitting out there and they want to learn how to start this process on their own, um, there are lots of different lists of values you can find online. Again, I go back to Brene Brown. She's got a great one, but there are several different ones you can find. 
and maybe you can come up with some of your own. You know, come with your top three to five values. Um, maybe it's uh, love, maybe it's family, maybe it's flexibility, maybe it's um, high standard of living, whatever, whatever those values are. And there's, you know, there are hundreds of them. But really boil it down to those top three to five. And then once you've got those down, and that may take a few days to kind of let that go through your brain and, and percolate and, and you find the essence of it. Um, then once you are really clear on your values, at that point, start looking at the different activities you have in your life, the different responsibilities you have in your life, right? And start assessing that, again, filtering through your, your values. Mm -hmm. So if my values are love and family and um, being self-sustainable, right, self-sustaining. I'm going to look at like, well, maybe this particular activity that I'm doing is, is it loving? Is it involving my family? Is it, does it help me be self-sustainable? Mm, maybe not. Okay. Then maybe that's something I need to look at cutting out. Um, you know, maybe it's fun. as a value. It's really important. Maybe travel is a real, you know, whatever those values are. But if you run all of your activities, all your responsibilities against those values, start to make decisions around what it's going to start to become real clear really quickly, what it is that you can maybe let go of and what you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, this is great. Um, I think also it's, it's iteration too. Like we might get more clarity as we do this process more and more. Like for example, yes. we might, ha might not have the same yes. core values, you know, as we were five years ago or 10 years ago. And right. Oh, always, absolutely. Always growing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. As your age and stage changes. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's the same thing I would do with a business. Right. So if we look at a business and they're mm -hmm. saying, you know, we're noticing that our morale is low and we're not and we're not making as much money on this or that product or whatever it is. We'll take a look at that and say, what are the real the essential values of this company? Well, this I really want this company to feel like a family. And I feel like the people who are working here are not feeling that way. Okay, so then we have to start looking at the practices. Well, you know, maybe our uh, family leave policy is not supporting that feeling of feeling like a family. So how do we adjust that to give our families, you know, our employees feeling like they're more supported if they need family leave? That's I mean, one example. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm curious when when people work with you, like what do you what do you feel is your your secret sauce, your genius? Like why why do people say they love working with you, Merritt? I'm, I'm curious what what you've heard, what what you're experiencing. <laughs> um, I think that. Um, well, first of all, I will never work with any client that I don't believe in. Mm. So uh, once I work with somebody, they know that they're full. I'm fully invested in their outcome yeah. and in their process. I'm going to give 110% of me so that they are successful in their goals. Because, and my coach told me this. My coach is Hannah Roth. She's awesome. Shout out to Hannah. Uh, she taught me that. You know, I, I'm I'm going to need I'm going to be most successful and most effective for you if I'm totally 100% bought in. That's right. Um, and so sometimes not every coach is a good fit for every client. Hmm. And so when somebody comes to me and they say, okay, I want to work with you. Well, we have a conversation about whether that's a good fit. It's not about them interviewing me or vice versa. It's, it's really a good fit. So that's number one. Number two is, um, I love to have fun. Um, I honor what is serious and important, but I also can be pretty goofy. And so, and a little bit irreverent. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, people who respond to that tend to, uh, tend to be attracted to my style and to my process. Um, and I think that number three is that I have one of my gifts, you asked what is my genius. I think my one of my gifts is being, and it's really because I think I was trained in the theater. Mm. Um, I was taught very early on to learn about, about what the essence of somebody is, what's driving a person, mm. and really bring it down to a real simple, specific thing. Like what is the essence of each person? Um, and just through hearing um, them talk about their experiences and their passions, I can really kind of get to the core of that pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And then I can start to line, help them line up practices that are learning to, you know, your old act cliche, what's my motivation? But really mm -hmm. applying that to people in life is, um, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. So yeah, that's awesome. So I, I hear you really, you hear the patterns through what someone is saying to, to come to their core essence and you're able to really highlight that and give them clarity on, Hey, this is, it, does this resonate with you? Does this sound like you? And they're like, heck yes. And you say, great. So how do we, how do we help you operate in that genius, in that alignment with yourself to choose you choose, choose wisely, choose love 
how do you live that? And it sounds like yes. that's you know perfectly in alignment with today's uh, theme and today's today's message that you like that's who you are. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank, well, thank you for bringing back around. Yes, that was very well done. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. This is so so great, Merritt. So uh, we're beginning to wrap up now, and I just want to hear: is there anything that we didn't touch on? Around social causes, social entrepreneurship, uh, executives, anything that's anything else that's like a burning passion for you that we haven't yet covered? Because I know there's there's so much that we can dive into, and we only have a limited time on this interview. And of course, people can connect with you after this interview, have a conversation with you, talk to you about coaching. Of course, we'll talk about that in a second. But just in in general, is there anything else that you see as is a big theme in your life, or you're really championing these days? I'm so sorry. I'm back. It's all <laughs> all perfect. All perfect. So um, I was asking you that last part about. Um, <laughs> I'm, I was totally totally blanking out now. Um, do you remember the question? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened to your technical snafu. Um, you were asking me about um, um, anything else about executives. Yes, or, yes, yes, yes. Or leaders that I was. So I, I think that what I was going to say was it took me 20 years to really to, to make the leap. And mm. I have people who are inspiring. And this is from somebody, by the way, who, as you mentioned in my in the intro, I came from a long line of entrepreneurs. So it wasn't new to me. And yet I was still kind of terrified. And I wow. think that, um, you know, it, it happened that I, uh, I'm now remarried to a wonderful man who has been supporting this endeavor and is really making it happen for us, which is awesome. So that really helps. I mean, it's hugely helpful. Uh, and it also, I think what I didn't realize that it was available to me much sooner and I just didn't have the courage to do it. So what I would mm. say is mm. have the courage. If, if you have the dream, listen to the dream. And then if you need the courage, talk to somebody who can support you in your dream. So surround, you're going to hear this a lot, but surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you. We're going to believe in you. Uh, and, you know, and really, <laughs> it sounds self-serving, but hiring a coach hmm. is um, is such a great step because the person, like I said, anybody who I work with is going to be, I'm going to be completely invested in their success. Yes. So to have somebody like that in your corner hmm. where you know you have a place to put all these tough questions and you know someone is in on your side no matter what. Like that's a, it's a really, it's a, there's nothing like that. Nope. Um, and maybe you have people on your own who you, you don't need to hire. You know, it doesn't have to take money. It helps. Um, but not everybody has those resources right away. But once you have the courage, you have the dream, you have the courage, mm. act on it. Mm. Do it thoughtfully, do it mindfully, but really look at, am I willing to, am I willing to let fear govern me or am I willing to let love and passion and govern me and it doesn't mean you do it foolishly you know do it, like i said do it thoughtfully do it have a plan have a great network mm. but follow that courage have, have the courage to do it because we need you we need you out there mm. Mm. i love this merit and i, I really want to want to echo back what you said as far as surrounding yourself with people who allow us right like in the beginning i just wanted someone to allow me to speak my truth however silly yeah, or right. foolish it sounded like i just wanted someone to validate me that i'm not crazy and it's like hey like this is important to you i get it how can we how can we actually make this real how can we actualize what is important to you this passion this this sense of intuitive knowing that something bigger you're meant for something bigger Oh, coaching. Yeah. coaching is one of the most powerful forces on this freaking planet because it's so like literally literally having someone who is your all-time champion no matter what you do like you might you might get some tough love but still that person is <laughs> on your side to help you get anywhere you want to go right and of course it's like it's finding yeah. someone who you align with there might be some people out there who have some yeah. weird crazy dreams and it's like hey you go find the coach for you but for the people who are like you know social causes right. and i'm aligned with you like merit is uh, like go for that and also another thing i want to say about action um go for it, courage even if you don't have the courage because i think a lot of people wait till they have enough courage to finally act and mm. do the dang thing like send a message. It is not rocket science. It's not going to change the world. Send a message. If you want to respond to that person after they respond back and say, hey, let's jump on a call or hey, what, what's your question? What are you yeah. struggling with? Then that's the next step. But the very first thing is to initiate. And I think a lot of people are lacking that ability to initiate merit. And so I really, really appreciate your, your reminding us that is important too. 
Yeah, well, and, and I think that if I, if you don't mind me fine-tuning that a little bit, I think that um, rather than lacking the ability, they, they feel like they lack the ability, mm. right? They feel like, because it goes back to everything is a choice. Yeah. Everything is a choice. So, um, and it, this is, a, again, it's a really tough thing for people to get their head around, but it really is true. Um, and so if you need someone to help you with that choice, find the people who are your, in your corner. You know, get them to talk about your dream a little bit. Because the thing is, the, these gut feelings we have, they are meant to be listened to. We have them for a reason. We have them for a reason. And you may not know how it's fully fleshed out yet, and that's okay. But you're absolutely right. Take that initial step. Reach out to somebody who you admire. You know, or just talk to somebody who say, hey, what do you think of this idea? Is this crazy? And they might say, yeah, but you should do it anyway. <laughs> or, 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 you know. Or, those yeah, are, those are quality people. Those are quality people right, right there. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, I, I want to make sure that I qualify this by saying that I would never, I would never suggest that anybody take a risk that is going to put them in harm's way. Yeah. But what I will do is absolutely help a person um, take their dream and strategize in a way that works for them within the context of their life to make that dream a reality because it absolutely can be. It can be. It just takes that you're right. It takes that initial step, that initial choice. And I know our peeps after this fiery, spicy, epic conversation, Mayor, are ready to take <laughs> that initial step because they're like, all right, so what do I do? How do they take the next step with you, Mayor? How do they get in contact with you? What do they do next? Yeah, great. Thank you for asking that. So I do have a website. It's masteroponecoaching.com, masteroponecoaching.com. Um, I have an email, which is my name, Merritt, M-E-R-R-I-T-T, at masteroponecoaching.com. So you can send me an email there. Um, you can also sign up for a free strategy session with me on my website. I do offer one hour free consultations. And um, also through Facebook, uh, which is Master of One Coaching. And I'm also on Instagram as Master of One Coaching. You see a theme here. So mm -hmm. yes, any of those ways you can reach out to me. Um, and I'd be happy to talk to you and get a sense of what you need to do. And if we're a great fit, um, I will talk to individuals. I will talk to leaders of organizations. I, I train staff, certainly. So um, any of the, I also do keynote speeches. Uh, so any of those things I'm available for. And I'd be, it would be a privilege to work with the next uh, great dreamer. I love it. Bring it on. <laughs> I love it. It's it, like you said earlier that the fulfillment that comes from really seeing someone's dreams and vision come into reality. Oh my gosh. Knowing, knowing that you were there along the journey, encouraging, supporting, being a resource, whatever it might be. It's, it's just so fulfilling to do that. So uh, for everyone who's tuning in right now, you're listening, you're resonating with this. You're like a heck yes freaking go to masteroponecoaching.com send Merritt a message and <laughs> Do just, it! just just like explore go go like get outside if this is yeah. outside of your comfort zone do it you'll grow you'll you'll get more clarity even i mean a freaking hour that is so generous of you Merritt. thank you for for giving that to our audience and helping them to grow themselves yeah absolutely I, I imagine like just diving in deep with someone in that hour is going to transform just who they mm -hmm. see themselves as and that clarity and belief in themselves of like hey what's what's important to me so I really thank you for, for giving that to our audience. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I really think that that's the way that you really understand with relationship has, uh, has a, a great starting point or not, you know, for, again, I'm going to put my all into your dream. So um, I want to make sure it's, it's a, uh, it's a right match for both of us. And, um, it's, it's just, you're right. It's totally exciting. It's, it, it is, it's, it's, it's kind of my addiction to see people succeed. So, yes. <laughs> so don't think of it as making yourself. <laughs> so if you have a hard time making a decision for yourself, you can say you're doing it for me if you That's want. Right. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Merritt, you are incredible. Again, go to masteroponecoaching.com. Send Merritt an email, Merritt at masteroponecoaching.com. And uh, also you can search for her on the internet. If you want to find out more about her, do some research, do it. Like find the person mm -hmm. who's aligned with you. You can also spell her name, M-E-R-R-I-T-T, -T, and then Minimeyer, M-I-N-N-E. M-E-Y-E-R. And again, masteroponecoaching.com. That's the easiest place to find her. Very Mary, good. Thank you so much for being here. You're a rock star. Yeah. I'm looking forward to continuing to impact the world in a big way together. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's been a blast. Yes. We'll see you soon, okay? <laughs> All right, have fun in Bali. 
promise. I'll keep you both. I'll keep you posted on it. Oh my gosh, we're gonna we're yes, gonna have please. a call yes, after please. this. We're we're gonna we're gonna create some more magic after this. I, I feel it. I feel it, Mary. We'll, we'll talk soon. Love right? it. I love it. <laughs> All right, take care. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>